punching your last little little tickets here. Uh, I'm going to introduce our guest speaker today, who's no guest here. He's Mr. Missional Community, okay, from New Zealand, also Ostrander, Ohio. He's done the Nordics, okay, he's preached the gospel on four of the, of the seven continents, and here he is, our favorite, Rick Vanetta. I don't know. I don't know how long you can be from somewhere else, but they all showed up this morning. That's great. Okay. Is everyone done with their papers? John just slipped that in. I had no idea he was going to uh, do that today. But uh, John is with uh, Mike Coates in the Plain City Vineyard uh, today. They're working through some stuff. So he is there uh, helping them out. All right. So as Jay said, uh, I really do like uh, missional community, but I have to be honest with you guys. Um, I'm having a really hard time with missional community right now. Uh, I feel like personally, even as I'm speaking about missional community, and when John asked me to talk about this, I said, John, I'm, I just feel like I'm banging up against a wall. I feel like uh, I don't really know uh, how to make it happen. I said, uh, the pieces of missional community are very much me. I mean, I love to interact with people. Uh, I get into conversations with people uh, wherever I'm at. You know, just even at the bounce place last night, the, uh, what do you call that bounce place in Hilliard? Get Air, which the lady said, you'll be bouncing, right? And I was like, no, there's way too many little kids here for me to be bouncing tonight. And I don't want to be the one that smashes a little kid while I'm doing flips and stuff like that. So um, I didn't bounce. But anyways, so wherever I go, I don't have a hard time uh, getting into conversations and being missional with people. Uh, but it's just, it, it's been rough for me. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, I feel like I'm, I've kind of been like the e-true Hollywood uh, story pastor lately where I'm just telling you guys the things that I struggle with the anxiety that I face, uh, the fears that I have, but I think that's just me. I have to uh, really share with you guys where I'm at, and I don't want to, I don't want to hide that because I think sometimes, um, as ministers, a lot of times we can be just like a boss, where we just tell you enough information, make ourselves look good, so that you guys get the task done. But I want to take that away and just share with you guys from my heart where I'm at with this and, and what I'm facing, because if I'm facing it, you're probably going to face it. And if we're going to succeed as a missional church, we're all going to have to push uh, through this together. So I like all the parts of missional community. I really like uh, what John was talking about last week about celebrating. I like sitting with people and listening to them and uh, hearing where they're at and, you know, really uh, just being with people. Uh, so I like all that, but the thing that I'm struggling with right now is the small group aspect of a missional community, because like many of you, well, and for me, I, I did full-time ministry for the last 20 years, but this last year, you know, coming up in a few weeks, I've been bivocational for a year, and I'm just trying to figure out how do I get to all the places that I need to get. I have three kids and a wife. I, I, 
I was supposed to say I'm married with three kids or married with children, but I don't want to be Al Bundy um, <laughs> at all. He's not a good example of a husband. Um, but, you know, we're all struggling uh, to get things done. Uh, we're all up against, you know, there's only so much time in a day. And so I'm really struggling with how do we meet? How do we get together? Because uh, with my kids, you know, my kids aren't even that active, but you add in the few activities they do, then, you know, our friends that we're trying to get with, they have a few kids and their activities, and it just makes it uh, really hard. And so I've been saying to John, it's like, look, I can do this stuff where I'm just meeting people and hanging with people and all this, but these other parts, uh, trying to put it all together are really really hard for me. I mean, it's really got me thinking about, you know, what do I do? What are my uh, next steps? And, uh, uh, you know, John said it the other day when I was talking to him at lunch. Is He said, it just sounds like you're having a hard time trying to integrate everything. And I really am having a hard time doing that. I wouldn't have chose that word. I know it's not that big of a word, but that's just not normally the way I speak. But it is true. I'm just having a hard time bringing them all together. So I just wanted to be honest with you when I'm talking about this, that we're all on a journey. Each of us are on a journey. Each of us are going to have uh, different things that are going to make missional community uh, not so easy. And we don't want to be involved in just, we don't want to be involved in things that are just easy, right? You know, I don't think that's a good, fulfilling life. We want things that are challenging, and that uh, cause us to, you know, go to higher levels. So anyways, today uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, the rhythm in the book, which I took the book to my office. Uh, we've been uh, teaching the last couple weeks uh, from a book called Transformed. And Transform is talking about missional communities and ways to be missional. And one of the things that they talk about is the rhythm of blessing. And so today I'm just going to share with you guys about the rhythm of blessing. So, before we can dive into the rhythm of blessing and look at some of the ways we can bless people, we need to know where our blessings come from. That we are most likely blessed more than we think. Most people in America have a lot more blessings than they realize, even though some of us walk around and think to ourselves, I don't really have much. I'm not really blessed. Um, and that God didn't just bless us to store up or to hold on to things, but the reason why God has blessed us in America is so that we're also giving those things away. So how do we think about this? It may be helpful as we're doing, as I'm doing this talk today, to be thinking of these questions uh, during the teaching. Why do we have what we have? Why has God blessed us so much? And is it for us to hoard or is it for ourselves? We also need to uh, learn, if we're going to be a people of blessing, is we need to learn how to count our blessings. Uh, there's many suggestions that they give in a book, like there was one couple that they took a bunch of sticky notes and they wrote down all the things that they were thankful for, that they were blessed, all the things that they have uh, in their house. I know I've been cleaning out my house the last couple of weeks of books. I have so many books, 
and I was looking at the bookshelf, not only thinking about blessing other people with books, but I was kind of going, I want rid of the clutter, so I don't want to make it look like I was just wanting to bless people. But I, I was also holding on to these books because when people walk in your house, they go, oh, look at all those books. He must, you know, wow. And then I thought to myself, you know what? What good is that book doing on the shelf? That book helped change my life. It helped shape me. So why not get it out there to some other people? And so I've been giving away books uh, to different people because otherwise if they're just sitting on my shelf, they're not going to do anything. And I want to, uh, you know, see some change. I've learned also that when we're trying to uh, count our blessings is that we can't just learn about that we're blessed by reading it in a book. Because even though it's true, we can learn from the Bible that we are a people of blessing. But until we experience it, a lot of times we don't really know it. I know for me, uh, traveling is what made me realize that I am truly blessed material-wise. When we traveled to India and some very impoverished nations, we went into uh, villages where people had very little, you know, where they're, you know, most of them are sleeping on mats on the floor and stuff like that, and they had very little material possessions. And I really started to pick up on that, wow, I have a lot. Wow, I'm really blessed. And I think each of us, you know, I would recommend to anyone, and especially to parents that have kids, a great way for your kids to learn how blessed they are is to ship them off to a third world country for a few weeks, you know. <laughs> Maybe when they're older. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, no, it really would help. I mean, there is nothing better than for them to see that, man, these kids don't have, and, you know, my kids are blessed. They've got all the, you know, a lot of the toys, not all the toys, because I don't have all the toys I want either. I'm, I'm, I'm just being real, Okay. But also, um, one of the things that I also learned when I traveled to other nations, some of the poorest places, some of the corrupt and dark places were some of the most, that I felt they were dark. They, these people in these villages had a joy that I walked away going, how on earth are they so happy? How on earth do they feel so blessed? I mean, they don't even have a Nintendo Switch or an Xbox or a big screen TV. You know, how are they, how are they so happy? They don't have a comfy couch. They got a, the bed during the day just has pillows on it, so it's a couch, right? You know, and the kitchen is all in the same, the same room, you know? But these people are blessed. So we don't want to just look at other nations and go, okay, America, we are the best, we are the coolest, we are the wealthiest, because we are bankrupt in many ways that we have no idea. There are so many people out there that we could learn from, so we need to get out there and see uh, what, it, what it looks like. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says, And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Everything that God has given us is to bless us, to bless others, and to show His glory. When we bless others, we are doing two things. We are passing on God's rich harvest, 
and we are showing our thankfulness for God's bless I mean we are showing our thankfulness to God for blessing us in the first place. The Bible teaches that to live our life as a blessing to others is actually to live a life of thankfulness. It's not that we have to or should serve, but we bless others. We need to bless others out of our gratefulness, what we are grateful for, why we are satisfied with life that God has given us. So how do we go about blessing people and not just making it about paying it forward? Because there's a lot of people paying it forward. Ellen is paying it forward. She does a lot of cool things for people. You know, all these different famous people are doing a lot of different stuff. There's people in our community doing good things, and they're just paying it forward. And those things are good, and we can be involved in a lot of those things. A lot of times, instead of the church just running all of our own programs, we need to go get involved with some of those things because when we go out and get involved in those programs, we can still share with people how we are thankful and how we are uh, encouraged by blessing others. So one of the ways that we can make it more than just paying it forward is we need to think about what we're doing. It's not just all listening to him and, you know, for clear direction. That's good too. But we need to think. We need to be intentional. And then we need to, or probably we should pray, then think, sorry. But, uh, you know, so we need to think and pray, asking God to open our eyes to the needs of people around us. We need to ask that he would show us who should we bless because this is, a, this is the thing about missional blessing. If God is not getting the glory, then it's not blessing people for his sake. It's just paying it forward. And we want to be about people being blessed so that they know that it's coming uh, from God. Otherwise, you'll just bless everything that tugs at your heart. And that's not bad, but we want to try and be about what the Father would have us be about. Now, I know there's a lot of animal lovers out there, so, but I just thought this is one of the best examples because even if you're not the best animal lover, there's not many people that can sit through that Sarah McLaughlin video of those dogs and not cry and not think, i got to do something. I've got to write a check, right? And that's a good organization. They're doing good things. They're helping... Uh, God's creatures, right, survive, and they're taking care of people. But there's a lot of things out there that will just tug at our hearts, and they're not giving glory to God. So if we want it to be missional, if we want it to be God's blessing, we need to make sure that he is getting the glory, that all that we do is unto him. So let's quickly look at uh, three ways of blessing. And again, these ways of uh, doing blessing are found in this book, uh, Transformed. If any of you are interested in that book, we can uh, get you a copy of it. I don't know what they cost, but I'm sure we can get them, and then you can just uh, pay the church. Uh, but you'll be hearing about them for the next couple weeks if you don't want to read. Um, so the first one uh, that's in the book is called Word Blessing. And most of these we're going to go through somewhat quickly because I don't think, you know, we've heard about that a lot in the church. I don't think we really need to go into great detail. But how can you bless someone with words? 
a kind word. And again, always keep in mind that this has got to be linked back to God for it to be kingdom blessings. So you can uh, share a kind word with someone. You can send them a card or a letter. You can thank people uh, for their service. Uh, in the book, Transformed, uh, the author, he says, the author of Transformed book, uh, we're taking, uh, let's see, from the series that we're, blah, 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 I won't read this, because um, I can't read this morning. So, one of the things that the author of this book uh, does is uh, he goes up and he just says uh, to non-believers things that sometimes a lot of Christians uh, say to one another, like, just be like, you know, um, you know, today you look, you know, amazing and somehow link it to God, right? And when I think about that, like, I probably do stuff like that, but I do it in a cheesy way. And the way he was talking about it, it sounded really cool, but I wouldn't know how to do it without uh, being cheesy. And so I think if you read this book and you see the word blessings, a lot of us might go, you know what? I am not into word blessings, and I don't know that I could go up to, you know, someone at work and say, you know what? Your diligence to stay with this task reminds me of how Christ, you know, went after, you know, the lost sheep. You know, but, you know, just something. I, I don't even know how to how to do these word blessings. Like I said, I'm, we're just sharing some of these things with you. And uh, but the interesting thing when I think about these word blessings is I know that since I've just said this, God's probably going to challenge me with doing more word blessings. I'm confident of that. Anytime that I've said to myself, I will not do that. I will not take part in that. I, you know, I love the church, but that is not for me. I'm not a tambourine shaker. I'm not a, you know, whatever. You know, I am not going to do that. Next thing you know, God's like whispering in my ear, I really need you to go shake that tambourine so that, so that people just get full of the Holy Spirit. You know, and I'm like, are you sure, Lord? You know, right? So I'm confident of that. The things that we don't necessarily want to do, uh, God will challenge us with. And so again, don't think for one moment that God may not have you or ask you to do something you think is foolish to love someone. Action two is blessing. This is more, uh, this one falls more in my comfort, okay? And it's not always comfortable, but I know God has used me in this one. Uh, this could be something uh, big or small. Uh, it could be uh, just you, or it could involve your missional community, or it could involve people that you work with, or people that you live near in your neighborhood. Um, when we were in India, uh, we worked with uh, a guy that, uh, he was actually from Amsterdam, and uh, he was this big dreadlocked guy, and he used to be a drug addict, a heroin addict. Uh, he kind of hung around with, like, uh, the people of the night. You know, I, I don't want to say he used to think he was a vampire, but the way he would walk out of the dark sometimes, you thought, maybe, you know, no. <laughs> But he, he was just, he was really into this, the drug culture there. He was 
he was well known, he had this character, but he got radically saved. And he felt like God removed him from Amsterdam and put him in India to work with addicts like he had been an addict. And one of the reasons why he chose India is because, um, some of you probably don't know this, but in Europe to India, there's a thing called the drug trail. And a lot of times users follow this trail through those nations to India and back. You know, and it's kind of like their, their journey. I don't, I don't know. But, so he went uh, to work in India. So anyways, we're working with uh, these uh, uh, addicts and we're going out uh, under the bridges and rescuing uh, guys, because this was a house for guys. I'd never seen anything like this. This opened my eyes up to that... um, uh, What did it open my eyes to? It opened my eyes to that, uh, you know, drugs are affordable, I guess. That's not the way I wanted to say it, but that it blew my mind that I would always think, man, I couldn't take that drug, one, I don't want to, two, I don't think I could afford it, you know, like the prices people are asking for, I don't even know the prices, but here we're under a bridge, and these guys are shooting up heroin and stuff like that, and I I always thought, you know, that's expensive, maybe I'm wrong, I, I don't know, but here I am, and these guys are just, you know, they're on the edge of death, you know, if you touch their skin, you'd pull their skin, and if anyone's ever seen someone that's, you know, an, an older person that's passing away or a person that's just depleted, you can pull their skin, and it stays up, and it very slowly goes down because they're so uh, dehydrated and uh, dying. And so we would go, and we would find guys that wanted to get off of these drugs that they were taking and that would want a new life. And so... He had a house, and we'd bring the guys that wanted to come back to the house to the house, or we would take them to the hospital. And the hospitals were not like hospitals here. Uh, India is rich, and India is poor. So there's nice hospitals that are nicer than the ones we've got here, and then there's hospitals that you wouldn't even walk into, and that's where we were going. But, uh, so, and we'd see, like, where they're at, and if you know, we'd bring them back to the home. But one of the things that we would have to do when we bring them uh, back to the home is that we would have to bathe them. Well, when we were in India, I happened to, because we had uh, the ministry that we were doing got divided, and uh, there was uh, more girls than guys, so I ended up leading an all-girls team, and we're working at a guy's house, so the jobs were limited on what the girls could do. So I ended up getting the, I look at it now as the pleasure of doing it, that God used me to do this, but I got to sit with these guys for hours, for a couple days, while they were coming off of the drugs, but I also was able to bathe them, and it wasn't a pleasant sight, but God just really came on me at that time, and just like, because I look at it now, and I go, how did I do that? It had to have been the Holy Spirit because I, I'm a pretty clean guy. I like, I like to stay clean, everything, you know. And, but I didn't think about the different diseases that some of them had. I wasn't thinking about, you know, what was really going on. I was just thinking about this is a guy or these few guys that God has placed in my care right now. 
and I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to bless them because I have the strength to help them and to clean them up. And so we would cut their hair and we would clean them and they couldn't do anything. So, I mean, we really had to, had to clean them. But it was an amazing experience to allow God to stretch me. And from that moment, even though sometimes I still am not thankful for what I have, I can remind myself of those moments and go, I was helping guys that couldn't afford health care. I was helping guys that couldn't even get up off the ground to clean themselves up. And we were there for a few months, and you would see these guys going from they can't bathe themselves, they can't eat, they can't function, to functioning individuals. And this house would give them jobs, and once they were able to work, they could work and they would make uh, a percentage of what they made and then the other percentage would go to the house. And they had the choice to stay or to go. And some of them would go and some of them would stay because sometimes even though where they were living was dark, they were just familiar with the dark and they wanted to go back to that. You know, and uh, even though we tried to share with them the truth, um, but that was, a, that was a type of blessing that, to me, uh, changed my life. It was a, an action blessing. And I know that God will use many of you to do different actions for people. But all of these actions that we do, we need to be praying about, we need to be thinking about, and we need to figure out how do we give God the glory. And I think in that story, I give God the glory because I know I... I've been married 20 years, right? 19, 20. I've been married long enough to know that my wife is not in the room, so I'm not in trouble for that unless someone tells her. Um, but I don't like to share a drink with my wife. Like, you know, I guess I kiss her, so I'm not that germaphobic. But I'm just trying to give you an example of that I, if someone asks me for a drink, I'm like, oh, here, you have that drink, I'll go buy another one. You know, so I'm just saying, it was really God that allowed me to work with those guys and to clean them up and to not think twice about it, but just do what needed done. And sometimes God will ask us to just get in there and get it done. And he'll give us the ability to press through whatever some of our uh, little phobias are, you know, because those things don't, don't really matter. The second is... Uh, or the third, I mean, is um, gift blessings. Um, I don't think, again, this needs to be explained much, uh, but a gift blessing uh, could be uh, something as simple to someone that needs uh, food. It could be uh, helping someone out in your community, like a, a widow, to get a car. It could be helping uh, someone to uh, fix stuff at someone's house. Uh, it could be helping someone with their bills. You know, it's, it's limitless, I think, when it comes to gifts. But one of the things that, that I think that is good for us to point out, especially as I, I don't know anyone in, in here that's not really busy, is that I think sometimes it's easier for us to, when it comes to gift blessings, to just give a gift and drop it off. But I want us to remember that time that giving time to people really can be a gift. Not because you're so special, 
but because our time is precious, right? I mean, how many people have just said, tell me what you need, I'll write you a check, because I don't have time to come volunteer at your organization, right? We've all heard people say that, you know, I, I don't need all the details, just what are you guys looking for, right? So we need to be willing to give finances and gifts, but we've got to give time. If we're going to change our community, if we're going to change people, if we're going to listen to people, if we're going to uh, bless people with our actions, if we're going to bless people with words, we must give them time, and we must carve out time for people. Also, uh, it's important to remember, because I know some people think in, uh, uh, what is that word, compartmentalized, right? You can mix all these together. Does that sound surprising to anyone? You know, uh, sometimes when I read that stuff, I just go, oh, wow, I would have never thought of that on my own. But no, you really can. You can put them together. You can have an action and a gift, or you can have a word of encouragement and a, you know, gift blessing, you know. So, so really, you know, get out there and uh, have fun with it. Um, it's all God's stuff, and we're just his stewards, right? I have to remind myself that, of that a lot. It's really all his stuff, and I'm just a steward, right? His finances are really his, and I'm just watching over them. So are we going to uh, store up God's blessings like they're in short supply, or give them away, or give those blessings away because of the grace and generosity that Christ has blessed us with? While blessing people, we're not focused on letting them know how good we are, but again, how good he is. I'm going to close with this, and I'm really closing. Look at this, guys. 2 Corinthians 4, 6-7 through 7 says, For God who said, Let there be light and darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not ourselves. As we have received, let us press, I mean, let us, let us press. As we have received, I was starting to sound really good there. As we have received, let us pass it on. We have truly been blessed to be a blessing. If you guys uh, opened up your program, in your program, instead of talking about these right now, I'm just going to send these questions with you. In your program, these are questions that will help you to think about how you can be a blessing to people in your community. These are some questions that you can uh, take with you and ask yourself later. Think about them. Pray about them and see how God would use you in your community. So let's uh, go ahead and uh, stand and we'll pray. Uh, Lord, I just want to uh, thank you for uh, this day. Lord, I just pray, Lord Jesus, God, that you really would uh, help us and teach us uh, to be a blessing to our community. Lord, uh, teach us uh, to be thankful for what we have. Lord, help us uh, as we bless people, as we become a people of action. Help us to give honor to you. And I know that sounds hard, but Lord, just, just help us figure out how to always 
give you the glory, to always give you the honor, and to make sure that it's not about us, but that it's about you. And I just pray that as everyone leaves here today, that they can be a blessing to someone. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, does anyone want prayer for anything? You're welcome to leave, but if any of the prayer team wants to come up, and if anyone uh, needs prayer, come on up to the front, and we'll pray for you. But you guys have a great day. God bless.